Well, a warm welcome to all of you who are part of the Street Church. It's been a while since I've been able to be here in New Zealand and to be uh, preaching live in two different services uh, uh, in, in your town and through video for some of you. It's an absolute honor. And so we're going to be thinking about th this simple and yet incredibly complex idea all, all together. And that is the idea of what does it mean to grow in Jesus and then to go with Jesus. You know, to grow up in faith and to maturity as a disciple, and then to go with Jesus on his mission where he wants us to go to bring his light and his love and his grace to our world. And on the one hand, it seems so simple. On the other hand, it's really challenging. And so I invite you to open your heart to what God wants to say to you today. I, I was thinking about um, the, the idea of getting a, a text message from somebody, and the text message says, click on this link, you'll enjoy this video. I'll tell you right now, if you ever get a text message that says, click on this link, you'll enjoy this video, you probably don't want to click on that link. It's probably not something you're wanting to look at. But if you know the person who sent it to you, then, then it's probably safe. And I had that happen not long ago where my son, my oldest son, sent a link and he said, he said, Dad, click on this link, you're going to enjoy this. So I clicked on it and I watched it. And I watched it again and again and again and again. I watched it over and over again. He said, well, what was it? It was a little kid. It was this little boy uh, kind of crawling over to a chair. Then he sort of grabbed onto the chair and pulled himself up, got his balance, kind of turned, and was looking at someone who was off the camera and started walking toward that person. And then eventually a hand reached out, gave a little treat, and he flopped on the ground. And he said, well, why would you watch a little kid climbing up on a, you know, onto a, getting themselves to stand up and then walking a few steps and falling on the ground? Why would you watch that again and again and again? Well, because it was my grandson, sweet little guy. It was some of his first steps. And I was, uh, I was so impressed. I was delighted. I, I thought this must be one of the most intelligent, gifted children in the history of the world. What other child has ever taken three steps and fallen down? It was like, as, as a, a grandpa, I was, uh, I was blessed by that. I was delighted in that. And, and we're thinking today about what does it mean to grow up spiritually? What does it mean to, to grow in Jesus, to become more like our Savior, if you're a Christian, what's it mean to become more like the one who you know loves you and died for you and rose again? If you're not a Christian yet, maybe you're, maybe you're exploring the Christian faith. What would it look like? What would it mean to grow in faith in Jesus Christ? And when I watched my little grandson take those steps, I realized he was growing up. He was maturing. And there was something exciting about that. And I believe that God delights when you and I are growing up. Today I'm going to ask you uh, three epic questions. I'm going to ask three questions, then I'm going to try to the best I can uh, from, from this book, from the Bible, from the Word of God, I'm going to try to answer those questions in a way that reflects the heart of Jesus and the teaching of Scripture. And, and so uh, before, I, before I jump into that, I want you just to think about uh, the, the reality that for all of us, uh, we're on a journey of spiritual growth. We've not fully arrived yet. We're taking our steps. We're moving forward, and when we do, the God of heaven delights. I hope you realize that. I hope you realize that, that when you take another step in faith, when you become more like Jesus, when you show more compassion and mercy, when you show more patience, when, when, you, when you love in a way that reflects the presence of Jesus, God looks at you, and with more delight than I had when I watched my grandson take his steps, God looks at you and he delights, God celebrates every step you take forward. Sometimes we're so focused on getting to the end of the journey, we forget that God watches us every step of the way and like a loving Heavenly Father that He is, He delights in you. He delights in me. And so we're going to talk about what it means to be world-changing disciples. And that means we're people who are growing in Jesus and going with Jesus. A disciple 
a follower of Jesus is growing up in spiritual maturity, but it doesn't just end with their spiritual growth, then they go with Jesus on his mission. Jesus was always going to the lost sheep, always looking for the disenfranchised, the broken, the forgotten, always with a heart for those who didn't yet know his love and grace. So if we're becoming more like Jesus, we're growing up in maturity, becoming more like him, growing in faith, but then going with Jesus on his mission wherever he calls us to go. Now, if you're not sure how important this is to the heart of God, I want to read a passage to you uh, from, from God's word from Ephesians chapter 4, verses 13 and 14. And listen to these words and listen to the theme within these words, the theme of spiritual growth, the theme of maturity. We read these words in Ephesians chapter 4, beginning in verse 13. Until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. I love that, that line, the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Are you there yet? Have you become fully like Jesus? I've been a pastor for decades now, and I will tell you right now, I am not fully like Jesus. If you're not sure about that, ask my wife. She'll tell you, I'm not fully like Jesus, but I'm learning, I'm growing. Until attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ, then the passage continues. Then we will no longer be infants, spiritual babies, tossed back and forth by the waves, blown here and there by every wind of teaching, and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. You're not easily pushed off task. You're not blown around by whatever comes along, but you have stability in your life. I wanna ask you to pray with me and ask God to speak to us about what it looks like to grow up in faith and become more like Jesus. I'm gonna ask you not to listen to my prayer. I'm gonna ask you to join me in prayer in your own heart. Will you pray with me? Living Lord Jesus Christ, we want to become more like you. We wanna grow in you so that we can then go with you wherever you go, fulfilling your mission in this world. So Lord, this is our prayer. In these moments we have together, would you speak to every one of our hearts? For a person who doesn't yet know Jesus, may they have a vision of what it could look like to follow you, Jesus. For those who don't do know you and who love you, I pray that each one of them will take another step on their spiritual journey to become more like you and then to go with you on your mission. Speak to our hearts, change our lives because we've been together today. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Well, we're going to think about three biblical truths that world-changing disciples must be able to answer. And so I'll ask the question. I want you to reflect in your own mind, and I'm going to, we're going to think together from the Scriptures. Here's the first question. How can I know I am growing as a disciple, as a follower of Jesus? How do I know? How do you know you're growing up in faith? I've been a pastor a long time, and when I ask people, hey, are you growing in your faith? There's kind of a common answer. People will kind of go, well, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm growing in my faith. I mean, I, I know where my Bible is if I need to get a hold of it. Um, I go to church, you know, occasionally, frequently. I, I go to church. I, I love Jesus. I believe in Him. I, I came to the cross and received His grace. I, I, th I think I'm growing as a Christian. But here's my question for you. How do you know you're growing up in faith? Are, are there specific things that can, can kind of identify that and clarify that? When I was a kid growing up, I grew up in a family with five kids. Uh, my dad and my mom, uh, they, had, they had Allison, Gretchen, and me. They stopped having kids. And nine years later, they had Lisa, and another year later, they had Jason. And so they had lots of uh, different experiences of, uh, of the uh, things not, they, they called the last three of us surprise babies. And usually people get surprised with one baby, they got surprised with three over about 11 years. But, but in this family of five, my parents, once, once we were all born, they were glad they had us, and they, they welcomed us in. And, and then they had a little routine we'd go through every year, out in the garage of our house, uh, there was a wall where they would keep a kind of a, a height log of how tall each one of us was. 
And so I would stand there as straight as I could and my dad would put a ruler on top of my head and put a little hash mark on the wall and he'd put the date and they put my initials, KGH, Kevin Garth Harney, that's me. And so I could go out there and look on the wall and I could see, okay, and this year I was this tall, this year I was this tall, this year I was this tall, and all of us could do that. We could see the growth. Are there ways spiritually that we can see if we're growing up to become more like Jesus? And I believe that there are. Now, imagine this. Imagine my parents had me stand against the wall in the garage. They put that lump mark there. They put the date. And then the next year, I was four inches shorter. They, there'd be a problem there. They, they would be alarmed. They'd be concerned. They'd call a doctor. Our son is shrinking. Now, as you get older into your 60s like I am in the 70s and 80s, we might lose a little bit of height, but not four inches in one year. But, but if that was to happen physically, we'd recognize it. We'd say something's wrong. We need some help. But what happens when somebody spiritually is not paying attention to their growth and they're kind of going backwards spiritually? We should notice that. There's some things that indicate that we're growing up in faith. And so I want to suggest that there's really two primary things that are like that chart on the wall that kind of monitor your growth to show how you're doing. The first one is about character. The second one is about behavior. So here's the one about character. The place of the fruit of the Spirit in our ongoing spiritual growth. There is a place for how this fruit of the Spirit works in our character and who we are. If we're doing spiritual disciplines but not having our character changed by Jesus and by the presence of the Holy Spirit, our spiritual actions can actually become damaging. So let's first think about our character. Listen to these words from Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 to 23. But the fruit of the Spirit, what grows in a Christian as the Spirit's alive in them, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. See, when you're growing up in faith, you can know it. Because you look and you say, I'm becoming more loving towards my family members, towards my colleagues at work, towards my friends. I'm becoming more joyful. And people notice it. They notice joy growing in me. I'm growing in self-control. I'm growing in patience. All these fruit of the Spirit become like an umbrella over our lives. And, and if, we, if the umbrella of, of the fruit of the Spirit of character and spiritual growth isn't there, then all the actions aren't going to really have an impact. It can look like we're growing in action, but if internally we're not growing in the fruit of the Spirit, something's wrong. So the first thing that helps us to discern if we're growing up in faith is, is the fruit of the Spirit growing in me day by day, month by month, year by year. Uh, think about this. In the days of Jesus, when Jesus walked on this earth, there's a group of people called the Pharisees. And the Pharisees, all the outside actions were perfect. Reading the Bible. Man, they read their Bibles. They knew their Bibles. They memorized their Bibles. Many of the Pharisees could quote the entire Pentateuch, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, the first five books of the Old Testament, word for word. But Jesus came to them and said, you know what? You got the practice of reading the Bible and memorizing it right, but your hearts are wrong. You're using the Bible like a hammer to beat people over the head instead of, instead of something to bring the truth of God to the world. The Pharisees knew how to pray. Oh man, they, they could pray. They knew where to pray, how to pray what to wear when they were praying. And when they finished praying, everyone said, man, those Pharisees are amazing. They're so spiritual. And Jesus came and said, your prayers mean nothing because you're putting on a show. You're standing in the right place to impress people. You're not praying to God. You're praying for the masses to think how brilliant you are. And he says, you've missed something. The character wasn't right. The fruit of the Spirit wasn't there. And Think about generosity, giving. The Pharisees knew what it was to tithe. Tithe is an old biblical word that meant a tenth, the first 10%. They would give the first 
to, to, to the work of God. The Pharisees would. As a matter of fact, if they were, it went to their garden and they had, they had a little uh, spice plant and one little leaf had grown of that spice. They would take it, dry it, chop it up, and they would take one-tenth of that and give it at the temple. A tenth of everything. And Jesus said, you've missed the point. See, they were doing the right things, the right spiritual practices, the right disciplines, but their hearts didn't belong to God. And God's Spirit wasn't guiding them. So as you think about your spiritual growth, how do I know I'm growing up to become more and more like Jesus? I'm going to ask this question of myself. Is the fruit of the Spirit growing in me? Am I more, do I have more self-control than I did two months ago and a year ago? Am I more loving? Am I more joyful? Am I more patient? And I know that as my character changes, my life changes. But along with the character, the internal change, there's external disciplines and practices, what we like to call uh, kind of markers of spiritual growth or, or ingredients of the spiritual life. How do I know I'm growing spiritually? Well, there's certain ingredients that need to be a part of my life. And so the diagram you're gonna see on the screen right now has uh, seven little images there. And these reflect seven different markers of spiritual growth. Bible engagement. You grow to be more like Jesus when, when you're knowing and loving and following the scriptures. That's the action of, of, of knowing Scripture, but also loving it and living it out. That's the sign of spiritual growth. The second thing, passionate prayer. How do I know I'm growing to be more like Jesus? I pray more. I pray more with Christian friends. I pray more quietly with Jesus. I pray more with non-believers. You'd be amazed at how many non-believers, if you're talking about their life and they share a pain or a joy, and you say, you know, hey, I'd love to just say a prayer and thank God for that or pray for that need for you. Almost all of them will say something like, well, sure, okay. I've prayed with lots of atheists through the years. My dad, who was an atheist for decades after I became a Christian, and yet he never said no to prayer. He'd sometimes say, well, it couldn't hurt. Let's give it a shot. But he was open to it. So is your prayer life growing? Wholehearted worship. There's the third thing. Is our life becoming, uh, you know, kind of actions, our lives are a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, all that we are, all that we do. When we gather with the people of God, are we worshiping, praising, giving Him glory? Are you growing as a worshiper? That's an indicator you're growing up in faith. Humble service. Jesus modeled washing the disciples' feet. Jesus modeled laying down his life on the cross. How do I know I'm growing up in faith? I'm serving more frequently and more humbly and more joyfully. Here's another thing. Joyful generosity. A saying, Lord, I take my heart, I give it to you. Jesus said, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So are you, are you becoming a person who's more and more generous and are you also joyful? Then we come to consistent community. Jesus, who is God, among us. He longed for community. He had, the, he had the crowds that he spent time with, the 70 of his followers, the, the 12 disciples, and Peter, James, and John, this group of three. Jesus, who didn't need community, he was God, self-sufficient, existing eternally, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, but he loved to be in community with people, and we should love that too. How do you know you're growing as a Christian in your, in your, in your faith as a follower of Jesus? You're loving and connecting in Christian community, and it's glorifying to God. He delights in that. And then the final thing is organic outreach. That we learn to naturally share our faith. That when we receive this greatest gift in all the history of the world, we don't just cling to it and hold it to ourselves, but we say, I need to share this with others. I need to be clear that this, that this good news is not just for me and the people that are part of my church, that are part of the street church. Well, it's for us, we believe, but no one else needs it. No, everyone needs the love of Jesus. They just don't know it yet. And so we need to find ways to share with them. And so these seven markers... You know, from Bible engagement to passionate prayer, consistent community, joyful generosity, all these seven markers, 
there's, it's important that we know how to look at those things, how to perceive what they're really all about. And the way I explain these markers and kind of how they fit together is I, I tell people, you know, there's a real difference between a menu and a recipe. You know, when it comes to cooking. When you go to a restaurant, you get a menu. The, you know, the, the server hands you a menu. And what's fun about a menu is you can look down the list and you go, I don't really feel like that. I don't, oh, that sounds great. Give me that uh, and give me this. And we, can, we order what we want. That's a menu. It's fun because there's lots of options and you choose what you like. But a recipe, totally different. A recipe you follow. A recipe has certain ingredients and when those, all those ingredients are brought together the right way, it can be delicious and wonderful. Well, these seven markers of spiritual growth, they are not a menu. You, you can't say, I like, I like Bible engagement. I like to read the Bible. I like passionate prayer. I don't like sharing my faith. I don't want organic outreach. I don't like joyful generosity. I don't want to give. I'll pick these three. That's not a mature Christian life. You need all the ingredients of all that Jesus modeled and taught us to live. And when those come together, when you bring those things together, they are wonderful. They're beautiful. They're incredible. And so, so here's the first question. How do you know you're growing up in your faith? Well, number one, internally, your character is becoming more and more like Jesus. The fruit of the Spirit is blossoming inside of you. You're changing on the inside. And then, externally, these seven markers of spiritual growth, however you want to define them, you got to live into those. Grow in the Word. Grow in prayer. Grow as a worshiper. Grow in your service. Grow in, in fellowship and community. Grow, grow in sharing your faith. Grow in every aspect. And when you bring all seven of those together, you look more and more like Jesus. That's our first question. How do I know I'm growing as a disciple? And there's ways to know. Question number two. Is discipleship bigger than my relationship with Jesus? Is discipleship bigger than just me and Jesus, Jesus and me? Now here's what I've learned through the years, talking with Christians. When you ask many Christians, what does it mean to be a disciple? Uh, they'll come up with all different kinds of answers. But oftentimes the answers really aren't accurate to what the scriptures teach. And some people think, some people think I've got it. I know exactly what it means. You know, I nailed it. I could explain it to you and I got it. I've had people say that and I listen to them and I think, that's not a biblical vision of discipleship. That's something that's maybe nice, but it's not accurate to the scripture. So if I asked you, um, you know, is, is, your, is your discipleship, is your spiritual growth bigger than just you growing in love with Jesus and Jesus being part of your life? Uh, you might say, I have an answer, but I want to suggest that maybe you haven't nailed it as clearly as you think you have. Too often, when it comes to discipleship, We've grown up in the church or maybe become a Christian and learned about discipleship and we have a vision of it, but it's not a full biblical picture. I believe that for too many people, they think that discipleship is about me becoming more like Jesus and that's it. It's me and Jesus, Jesus and me. But listen to these words from 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. And in this passage, what we see is there's actually four generations of people connected on a journey of discipleship. So listen and see if you notice four generations of people growing and learning to become more like Jesus. And here it is. The Apostle Paul is writing to Timothy. And Timothy is a young pastor in the city of Ephesus. And Paul's writing to Timothy. And he says to Timothy, You then, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things you have heard me say, Paul's talking to Timothy, the things you've heard me say in the presence of many witnesses, you entrust to reliable people who will also be qualified to teach others. And here's the question. Do you see the four generations of hands locked climbing the hill of faith together? Do you see that the Apostle Paul is saying, okay, here's the four generations. Paul says, Timothy, I've taken your hand. 
I've locked hands with you. I've locked hearts with you. I'm leading you to grow, become more like Jesus. That's generation one, Paul influencing Timothy. Generation two is Timothy. He, he has to grow in the word, grow in prayer, grow as a leader. He takes hold of his own spiritual growth. But that's not enough. Paul says, Timothy, now you entrust what you've learned to reliable people, to a third generation. You, you entrust it to them so that they can in turn teach others also, a fourth generation. So on the screen, you're going to see this picture of four people with hands locked together, traveling, climbing together. That's our spiritual life. Is discipleship just about me and Jesus and Jesus and me? And the answer is no. It's bigger than that. Discipleship is about always having someone in your life who takes your hand and helps you grow in faith. I'm in my 60s. I have grandchildren. And I have two men that mentor me. A guy named Paul Cedar, a guy named Carl Overbeek. And on a regular basis, I am with them and they pour into my life. You say, well, what do you have to learn? You're in your 60s. You've been a pastor for years. Yeah, I need someone to take my hand and help me grow in faith. I need to steward my own spiritual growth. I have younger pastors and younger men that I take their hand and help them grow in faith and encourage them along the way to mature in their gifts. But I teach them to do the same for other people also. That's our journey. And that's dynamic. That's beautiful. Always four generations walking, climbing together in their faith. And if you think that this is just sort of a New Testament thing, listen to these words from Psalm 78. In Psalm 78, verses 5 to 7, what you're going to see is generation after generation after generation influencing others with the gospel. So listen to these words from Psalm 78, beginning in verse 5. He decreed statutes for Jacob. This is God to his people. He decreed statutes for Jacob and established the law in Israel which he commanded our ancestors to teach their children. Ah, pass it on. So the next generation would know them, even the children yet to be born. Oh, children beyond that generation. And they in turn will tell their children. You know what you have there? Four generations. And the point is not four generations. The point is generation to generation to generation until Jesus comes again. That's the heart of God. That's God's design for you and me. To have someone helping us grow spiritually, tending to our own spiritual growth, we take the hand of others and help them along, and we teach them to do the same, and then it goes generation to generation until Jesus comes again. So is discipleship bigger than my relationship with Jesus? The answer is yes. It's multiple generations growing in faith together, and that is exciting, that's powerful, that's world-changing, and that's the way it's been since the beginning. Question number three. What is the relationship between discipleship and evangelism? What's the relationship between discipleship, growing in Jesus, evangelism, going with Jesus to shine his light and his truth to the world? And, and I, I have a picture that comes to my mind, uh, and, and, this, and it's sort of a simple one, but I think it's an important one. Imagine a parent walking with a child, a little toddler, a little boy or girl, and they've learned to walk, but they don't always follow directions, and the parent's walking with that child, along a busy street where cars are going by and trucks are going by, and the parent's walking with that child. Every sensible parent, if they're taking a walk with that child, is going to reach their hand down and take the hand of their child. They're going to lock hands. Now here's my question for you. Once that parent locks hands with that child, where is that child going to go? Where's the only place that child can go? And the answer is this, where the parent goes. When they're, when they're locking hands together, that child will go where the parent goes because that child is connected to the parent. So now here I ask you this question. If you're a Christian, if you're a follower of Jesus, if you lock hands with the Savior 
the closer you get to him, the more you lock hearts and hands with Jesus, where are you going to go? And here's the answer. Wherever Jesus goes. When the more you walk with Jesus, the more you grow as a disciple, the more you grow in Jesus, the more you lock hands with Jesus and lock a heart with Jesus, then you're going to go where he goes. And let me tell you where Jesus is going. He's always going to lost sheep. He's always going to the forgotten. He's always going to those who don't yet know his love and his grace. So if you're growing up as a disciple, if you're going in Jesus, in spiritual maturity, in the word, in prayer, in serving, in community, in sharing, you know, in all these things, if you're growing in Jesus, then you will be going with Jesus on his pathway, on his mission, which means you will have a heart for lost sheep and broken people, and you'll seek to share the light and the love of Jesus with them. So, the reality is that we often see discipleship as one thing and evangelism is another thing. Growing in Jesus, discipleship, going with Jesus, evangelism. But I want you to listen to these words from Matthew chapter 28. I want you to hear uh, what Jesus said to his followers right before he ascended back to heaven, back to the Father. We hear Jesus say these words. We, it begins in verse 19. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Well, who do you baptize? New believers. So when you're making a disciple, you're helping them come towards Jesus. You baptize them, and then they're going to grow and follow Jesus and share his light with others. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. There's a learning, there's a growth that happens. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Jesus, I'll be with you on this journey as you grow in me and as you go with me but be ready to do both. And anyone who says, well, I'm a disciple, I'm growing in faith, but they have no heart to go where Jesus goes and to reach the lost. They say, I'm growing a lot in my faith. I'm in, I'm in seven Bible studies a week. I spend three hours a day praying. Wonderful. Are you becoming more like Jesus? Are you going where he goes and doing what he did? Because that's part of the journey. And so I've, I've tried to put it, this in words that kind of make sense when it comes to, when you talk about evangelism, that, that going into the world with the gospel, going to your next door neighbor with the gospel, and discipleship growing up in faith. And here's how I describe it. Evangelism and discipleship are not enemies, all right? They're not in conflict with each other. They're not. Evangelism and discipleship are not just friends. They'll kind of hang out and pal around. Okay, yeah, we're friends. No, no. Evangelism and discipleship are marriage partners. They're bound together. And what God has joined together, let no one tear apart. Discipleship and evangelism are, are one and the same. They're two sides of the same coin. If you're growing as a disciple, you have a greater heart for the world. The more you go out and reach out to the world and lost people, you want to see them grow in faith and you want to grow in faith. These go together again and again. And so we need to see these things bound together in the heart of God and then bound together in our lives. And so I want to encourage you to recognize that God can use you to take someone's hand and help them grow in faith. Whether it's somebody walking toward Jesus to first know him or walking with Jesus to grow in faith. So every time we help another person take a step closer to Jesus, this is discipleship. So often we look at discipleship as a program. And, and you can have a discipleship relationship where you meet with somebody regularly and you have goals and plans and you study the scriptures together. That's wonderful. But, but discipleship is bigger than just that. It's any time you take the hand of someone and help them grow. So I'm going to share some things that are discipleship. If discipleship is taking the hand of somebody and helping them grow to be more like Jesus, it can happen in many times in many ways. So here's some examples. When a parent teaches their little boy or their little girl or their teenager to know and to love the scriptures and to grow in the word of God, that's an act of discipleship. 
when a grandmother teaches her granddaughter to pray and to talk with the Savior. That's discipleship. When a Christian mentor in a business context teaches other people that work alongside of them how to walk with Jesus and to grow in faith and as a Christian is influential in other employees where they work, that's discipleship. When a teenager volunteers in a summer program at your church helping little children grow in their faith, they're discipling younger people. They're stepping into this process of taking the hand of someone else and helping them to grow and become more like Jesus. The list goes on and on. My sister Gretchen, I grew up in an atheistic home. My sister Gretchen was the first one of the kids in our family to become a Christian. By God's grace, all five of us kids are followers of Jesus. Three of us are in ministry. But my sister Gretchen became a follower of Jesus. She began to take my hand and help me follow Jesus. She shared her faith with me. She shared Christian music with me. I was hostile. I was resistant. But she just gently kept trying to take my hand and help me along. My sister, sister, older by one year, began to disciple me. And she'd only been a Christian for about a month or two. But she loved Jesus so much. She wanted me to know Jesus. She just tried, kept trying to take my hand and help me along. And the day that I became a Christian, I don't know if anybody was happier than my sister Gretchen. She got to be part of that journey of my life. Discipleship is what I call the journey of a lifetime. It's a whole lifetime of growing in Jesus and going with Jesus wherever he calls us to go. Of watching the fruit of the Spirit like an umbrella cover our lives and then the markers of spiritual growth growing inside of us. Not like a menu that we choose what we want, but like a recipe with each part working together. And, and it's us taking the hand of someone that can help us grow in faith. Who's, who has your hand right now? Who's helping you grow up in your faith? You need someone. Ask someone to help you grow in faith. Steward your own spiritual growth. Then you look for somebody whose hand you can take. I was a Christian about two months when God kind of led me to take the hand of a guy named Gavin Smith. Wasn't a believer at the time, but he was a buddy of mine. He eventually became a follower of Jesus. I took his hand and tried to help him come toward Jesus and then kept holding his hand and helping him walk in spiritual growth. And I'd only been a Christian a couple of months. I had no training. I had no seminary degree. I just knew Jesus and I wanted him to know Jesus too. You can do this. This should be part of your life. And so I want to share one last thing as we close. I want to encourage you to take a spiritual growth self-assessment that looks at the seven markers of growth and gives you feedback on how you're doing. It's a tool that we created, Sherry, my wife Sherry and I, and a team of people created this tool. It's on, it should, it'll be on your church website or you can go to organicoutreach.org and go to the spiritual markers self-assessment. If you do the self-assessment, it takes about, if, if, you read, if you read pretty quickly, it'll take you maybe 15 minutes. Uh, and you know, the most it's gonna be is, is 12, to, 12 to 20 minutes, but it's worth it. And the minute you finish, it'll give you immediate feedback on some areas you can grow and ideas to take steps of growth. I encourage you to take advantage of that. You'll see a little picture over there. It's just easy. You, you mark from one to five. It's never true of me. It's always true of me. I encourage you to take that. And then your pastor will be able to get a hold of, he, nobody will have your personal results, but we're going to send the composite, uh, the composite results of all the people in New Zealand who use this tool. We can get a composite sketch and say, are, are the Christians in New Zealand maybe strong in Bible engagement? And, and they go, uh, they're strong in Bible engagement, but they're maybe lower in consistent community. And that's an area to focus on and grow in your church. It's going to be a great tool for you personally, for your church and for the church in New Zealand. We hope it's an incredible blessing. And so these three epic questions are important for us to ask. And my hope and prayer is that you will grow in Jesus to be more and more like him. And as you do, you will then go with Jesus to shine his light, to share his love, and to be his person wherever he places you. God bless you. Let me pray for you and then enjoy the rest of your service. Lord Jesus, thank you for all you're doing in New Zealand. Thank you for what you're doing in the street church. 
I pray for each person listening today that they will hear your invitation to go deeper in love with you, to go deeper in your word, to discover that discipleship is more than just my time with Jesus. It's, it's a community journey of growing in faith. It's us letting people take our hands and help us grow and us taking the hands of others. God, we, could we have the courage and the humility to let others help us grow in faith that we could become more and more like you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for, for your church. Uh, thank you for the street church. Thank you for each person who's part of it. For those who know and love you, grow them in their faith. For those who are searching and seeking, oh God, I'm so glad they're there at the street church. Will you bless them, keep, keep them walking towards you till the day that they see your face and fall in love with you. Bless each one listening in this time, I pray in your name, Jesus. Amen. God bless you.